everybody and welcome back to the Catch Cake podcast. Today we are on episode eight and we are going on an adventure to Nicaragua. So last week you would have seen we went to Honduras, um, the Caribbean side, and now we go back over to the Pacific and we are going to look at some of the volcanoes there. There's so many volcanoes and Lake Nicaragua. We're going to look at some of the towns that I visited there and also some of the political unrest um, that I experienced while I was there. So my choice to go to Nicaragua was like it was a hard decision to make because in 2018, 2019, there was a lot of political unrest and I was advised beforehand that it wasn't very suitable for traveling. But, you know, I spoke to some people, they said go. I spoke to others, they said don't go. And I just came to the conclusion I would go and see how it would turn out. And so we'll talk a bit about that. And again, some of the biodiversity. I should also mention as well that I got really sick in Nicaragua. Like, I think probably the most sick I got on the trip. In a couple of countries I got sick, like Cuba, Brazil, but in Nicaragua I got really sick. Oh, and I got sick in Peru as well. I mean, actually loads of times. <laughs> but, you know, you learn from it. And normally the sickness just lasts a couple of days. You know, it's kind of like you might have ate something that wasn't fresh or you never know, like, because you're eating off the street all the time. And I'd say by now my immune system is pretty, it's pretty spot on after all the water I drank out of taps. And like, that's another thing when you go to those countries, like it's not as clean as home and your immune system might be built for, we'll say the environment you've grown up in. But luckily, I think I was at a bit of an advantage, you know, coming from a farm and you know, it's not, it's not that it's not clean, but you're around animals, you're around like soil, dirt, bacteria growing up. So it builds, every person's immune system is built differently. And um, again, it's, it's a real hot topic at the moment because of the virus, you know, it's like, how is your immune system? How is it built? Because if you live in a sterile environment, you're going to suffer. Like you're going to suffer when you go into these countries or when you go out into the world because your immune system is built for something that's sterile and, and it shouldn't be like we are made of bacteria and viruses. Like it's not like it's not like they're bad, like we're meant to experience sickness to upgrade our bodies and our DNA and all of that. You know, we won't go off the point now. We'll stick to the adventures. So. I'm going to take you through the places I went and yeah, I'll, I'll include what happened during the sickness as well, because it was very, very challenging and as well with the political unrest. So first of all, I was in Honduras and I recall trying to get off the island several times. As I told you, like it's really hard to leave Utila. And I kept questioning like these bus companies about their buses and they were like, no, there's no bus going there. No, there's no bus going to Nicaragua. All buses cancelled. And I was like, am I just going to have to stay here forever? <laughs> and like, that was just the way it was. The country had shut down. So I guess it wasn't really in the news in Ireland. I don't think so, because a lot of the media over there just doesn't cover it. 
But basically, there was people protesting against the government. They were lowering money on pensions and there was just so much protesting going on. And then there was also violence. People were killed. People were injured. It was it was very, yeah, it wasn't a safe time to be in that country. But, you know, I had spoke with some other people and they were like, look, the whole country shut down. Tourism is gone. People are literally suffering because they have no money coming in. So other people were like, oh, you should go in there because you're actually helping the people. And then some people were like, no, you could actually get killed. You shouldn't go in there because if you get caught in a protest and, you know, there was murders, there was all sorts going on. So again, I waited for the bus and then the bus was cancelled and then again they would like the bus is going and they were like it's cancelled because there just wasn't enough travelers and the bus companies weren't going in there there was so much going on but I just as usual was just like I'll just follow my my path you know like where the universe puts me and I deep down I did want to go there and I, I didn't want to go into like the mainland of Honduras and get a plane all the way down to like you know a lower Central American country like I was like I want to do this by land not just for carbon footprint but for as well to explore these places and not leave them out you know eventually a bus came and there was two other people going on it so I was like yay I have people in the van with me so there was three of us going and I remember arriving in back into the mainland off the ferry and the guy was like go up there and wait in the fast food restaurant and I was like okay and like he just dropped me off and I had no like I had no idea really what was going on I was like okay so I waited in this fast food restaurant in some city in the mainland and like everybody was staring at me and and the guy was like look people are going to come soon and they'll meet you in here and I was like okay so I just waited in there and I was so tired the journeys are pretty stressful um, because, you know, as I said before, you don't have a toilet. You're just wondering how you're even going to get there. Will you survive it? Will you make it? Will Will the bus get taken over? But, you know, I just always trusted, as I said. And eventually some other backpackers came into the fast food restaurant and we all sat down together at one of the tables. So I'd left the island really early that morning at about seven on the boat. Um, you know, so again, that's like a half five wake up because you have to check out, you have to get your bags, you know. And that day we swapped buses like four times I think because you meet other travelers from other places so like when we got to the Pacific coast we met people that were coming down from we'll say El Salvador and then we would take a bus with them so the bus companies kind of arrange it that way and then eventually we got to the border that night I'd say we got to the border at around nine o'clock and there was just huge traffic jams like it was just unbelievable like miles and miles and miles of traffic of trucks and all sorts because people couldn't get in and out of the country it was just manic and at one point I thought oh my god are we just gonna like sleep in the van here (laughs) but like part of me then was like felt assured because the bus was full of other backpackers so I was really lucky in that way but eventually we got down to the border that night and they stopped us and they were very very protective of people coming in at the security control so they took all our passports um, to the control the control security and we kind of all waited in the van. They didn't even want us to get out just due to security reasons and safety. And eventually one guy started searching the van and they found a drone. Oh my, it caused havoc. It caused havoc and we spent hours at the border that night in the dark because one guy had a drone and he wouldn't give it up. And they were like, you're not allowed to go into the country with this camera equipment 
because there's so much going on and like I guess you know if there is violence and murders and all that like if somebody's flying a drone mm, it's not going to look very good what you capture and I think as well like there was at least anyway one journalist she was killed um, but if you want you can look it up online there's a lot of stories about it I don't know the exact facts on it but that's what I that's what I read but yeah so the drone was like a no-no and in the end I was like to the gut like nobody spoke Spanish and it was luckily that I could you know speak to them and I was just like look is there anything we can do um you know this guy doesn't want to give up his drone it costs thousands and thousands of dollars and he just he just wouldn't give it up you know and it, it caused like so much distress for everybody because we spent hours in the van and the guy was like no no and he could have like easily gotten out of the van and stayed in a nearby hotel um which is what I think you know a reasonable solution would have been instead of leaving all of us in the van for hours at the border crossing because it's dangerous like and you know I understand why he wouldn't want to give it up either like you know it's his possession or whatever cost a lot but he could have sorted something out and posted at home and took a bus another day to cross the border but anyways in the end we sorted it out um there was some solution made uh, it might have involved money so that's kind of things that go on you know money has a lot of power in countries which are developing and you know when people are fighting for survival or fighting to get the day's food when money comes into question it's like yep uh, the rules don't exist so anyway we got through the border crossing that night and I got to my hostel at I'd say it was around midnight and literally at that hour I could not even speak I was so tired I was absolutely wrecked and we got into the hostel and we got our beds and literally the hostel it only cost one dollar a night it was mental like the whole country had shut down tourism was gone to nothing people were really struggling so all hotels hostels everything was like you know a dollar like you could have stayed there for such a long time and and wasted no money it was amazing really for a traveler it was amazing so let's talk about some of the experiences that I had while I was there some of the amazing adventures um but I also had in the back of my mind the whole time kind of like how am I going to get out of this country because more and more as time went on I was figuring out that like there was no transport going so I was like part of me was a little bit like oh god but then part of me felt really secure and safe you know I think when you have that trust that everything's going to work out it always does and it did so the first thing I did was uh, volcano boarding oh my it was insane so like if you really love a thrill if you really love adrenaline this is for you so the hostel actually arranged it for us to get this tour so we got a bus came we had a guide and I'd say there was about eight or ten of us that did it and basically what you do is you climb up this volcanic mountain it's called Cerro Negro and it actually still is active and they say it erupts around every 20 years so the last eruption was 1999 and like I went up in 2000. 18 or 19 so it was exactly like 20 years and we were like uh is this is this all right <laughs> yep you just have to have the trust um but yeah it was fine so we went up there's all this loose um black basaltic rock and then when you get to the top you get to observe like the cone and the craters and yeah it was just amazing and the gear we wore as well we wore these like jumpsuits 
goggles we protected our head our face because when you slide down the volcano at really high speeds there's rock going everywhere but it's amazing like oh my god and I actually was super nervous up the top I was like oh holy like have I made the right decision because you get up to the top and you look down and the guy's like oh you'll be down in just a couple of minutes and I'm like what what or a couple of seconds I'm like what it just took us like an hour to get here and I'm literally going to be at the end in two seconds what and you're freaking out and I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god but then I was like you know what let's do it so yeah I got on my board and the guy was like look if you want to go fast lie back and um if you don't just lie up and I was trying to remember like okay like what do you do if you fall off or how do you oh my god everything is going through your head because like when you're at high speeds like how do you stop you know so eventually like I took off I was like go and I went flying down like flying and then like when I was nearly all the way down I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm going to go faster now. So I lid back on the board and, you know, you can kind of feel it going left and right. But you're like, just do it. You know, you're like, just go all out. So I did anyway. And when I got to the end, the guy was like, well done. He was like, he actually told me I got the fastest girl. So they actually gave me a prize as well. I was super delighted. I was like, yes. Um, So they gave me like, you know, some money off one of the shops in the town. But I was delighted with myself. Well, it wasn't like a real kind of you know a plaque or anything they just wrote it on a piece of paper fastest girl like 35 kilometers an hour or whatever it was um but yeah unbelievable um but apparently back in the day one of the first guys to go down he went down on a, on a bike at about 170 kilometers an hour like what what and he he got loads of injuries but yeah i definitely recommend that um one of the other volcanoes i went up was called masaya um, that's near Granada and that is also another active volcano and it's full of lava spouting up and oh, my god like when you look into it you're like whoa mother earth is on fire and like you don't realize this when you walk around every day that like in the mantle in the core like there's there's like there's burning hot liquid in there unbelievable like I swear it's just amazing when you watch it oh just so much awe and fascination yeah it's just incredible when I was in the town of Leon where this volcano is that you can slide down I also visited this island nature reserve and it was pretty magical place again it was very much isolated and quiet like a lot of places at that time because there was no tourists so it was like you got the feel for the place but you also had a strange feeling because it was so shut down and everything was like understaffed and yeah it was really it was really precious to have that experience um because again I I really enjoy the remoteness and the the experience of the natural world when there's not many people around so we got to this island reserve by boat Uh, we just got dropped at like a nearby little lake And Nicaragua has about 78 protected reserves, which covers about 20% of the landmass. So it's like, yeah, it's super biodiverse. So on this island reserve, they have turtle nesting and just all sorts of different species and birds and mammals and reptilians. And it's just, it's so beautiful. So we went there anyways. And for the whole evening, we just played volleyball. We had a little kind of party we played pool, we did dancing, we, it was just amazing. Um, 
and of course went swimming as well and watched the most beautiful sunset and on the way back that night it was super dark and we walked through the jungle and like you could hear all these noises and we were like what's that what's that they were all like you know winding us up we were just we just had so much fun and then we got back into our boat and I remember we were halfway across this lake and the boat like I was like does that boat even work properly like where's the engine and like you could smell all the fumes and the petrol and then halfway across the lake the boat just went dead and I was like all right we're just um we're just gonna stay in this lake for the night and they do have um crocodiles as well there and they do actually have inland sharks would you believe it's crazy inland sharks so yeah but we did get back that night eventually I don't know how they got the engine up running again Um, but these are all the sorts of things that happen when you travel and you know you just you just learn to be patient with life Um, and as a backpacker you know you enjoy all of that you know that it's normal but you know for some people they don't like it because they like routine rigid structures this at this time this at that time but when you really let go you flow you surrender you just let time kind of not exist uh that's a beautiful experience I think so obviously I told you that the the transport was kind of stopped but luckily I just got so lucky in my dorm room there was two girls um from Australia and I started chatting to them and they told me that they had a van out the front and I had kind of wondered all right about this van because the red Janet was Alaska and I was like how the hell did a van from Alaska get down here but these two girls had driven from Alaska and they were going right down to basically Argentina and I was like wow and they were like yeah we have a van and I was like this is amazing and they kitted it out themselves I was like go warrior girls like all the way down through Central America in that van amazing and there was another Australian couple as well well the guy was from New Zealand she was Australian so they were in the dorm as well so it was really nice because as much as I was kind of lost in the country I'd found these other like-minded travelers and it was lovely to share that time with them and after anyway I had been talking about you know finding transport out and eventually I just said like hey would you mind if I came in the van with you and I can chip in for the fuel and that and they were like yeah no bothers and I was like yes and it worked out so well because we actually all ended up in the van together it was so funny so there was then five of us there was the two Aussie girls and then the couple and then me and it worked out perfectly and you know we'd go to the border crossings and I would speak Spanish and I would tell the guys what we were doing or what what was going on in the back of the van because sometimes it looked funny they'd open the back of the van and they'd be like what's going on in here and it's like looks like a house it was kind of funny um but yeah it worked out perfectly and of course we could all pay in for the fuel as well and then we all had each other like going through we'll say not so populated areas and we also did loads of camping and we'd park up the van in these jungles or maybe at like petrol stations oh that was the funniest sleeping in the petrol stations oh my god guys I have to tell you about that so just to give you a general overview I ended up actually going with them from uh, Nicaragua all the way down into Costa Rica and then all the way through Costa Rica into Panama up to Panama City so all during that time we stayed oh, in the most, yeah, really remote and isolated places that you wouldn't find tourists, you know. And at some points I was like, oh my God, are, are we okay here? But we would just look at these apps for camping and, you know, if it was safe to do so or not. And you, at the camp kind of location, then you would have maybe some water 
or you know like the night we stayed at the petrol station um we just parked up in one of the parking lots and oh my god it was so hot in the van because like three of us were sleeping in the in the back of the van and then two the couple stayed in a tent outside um but yeah it was kind of funny and like we kind of that night at the petrol station it was really funny because we were like oh we can't wait to get to the shower oh my god it's going to be amazing and then like we got there and they were like all the showers are broken and I was like oh my god we're not having a shower today oh my god and like you're just like oh I smell but it has to be that way so yeah but thankfully the following night they put the showers on and oh my god it felt so good like that's why like even now like I'm so appreciative of having a shower because you realize how 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 grateful you are to have a shower you know and like I remember giving the lady my passport I'd give her my passport in the petrol station to go use the shower and I just had this oh it was just the most amazing feeling in the world like you know when you're in the jungle for a couple of days and you're just oh you just you just need hot water you just need to feel clean and yeah it was just amazing it was just the most beautiful thing so guys for this week when you get in your shower just be just be bloody grateful. So we had a few more stops in Nicaragua. We went to a place called Chicaro, which was by Lake Nicaragua. And it is the largest inland lake in Central America. And it houses so much biodiversity as well. You know, there's fish there, there's mangrove forest, there's so much going on. And it's absolutely beautiful. So again, we actually went to this island lodge that should have been super expensive. But because the country was shut down, it was just so cheap. So like you'd have this amazing room overlooking a lake and just the most beautiful jungle. And it'd be like a couple of dollars for the night. And you're like jackpot. And they're all empty. All these resorts were just empty. And this resort was really special because it was so eco-friendly. They had their own chicken coop. They had their own like kind of piggery where and and they actually had as well was a biodigester. So they would use basically the pig's waste to fuel basically the the lodge or whatever energy. They would turn it into energy fuel Um, because before they were cutting down trees and using that as like biomass but now they could use the pig's waste which was amazing and again they were giving back to the locals so they would have 50 50 on the veg garden and like it is possible to run these kinds of places it just takes a bit of yeah a little bit more effort just to go the sustainable way but I was so impressed with their their system there and how energy efficient they were and just giving back to nature and the local people so at Chicago, basically just blazed around, did kayaking, jumped into the water with all the gang. Um, and they had this like floating raft thing in the middle of the water so you could swim out to it or get the kayak and then just like jump off of it. Like just super fun. And then I kind of took the kayak around the lake and was looking at all the houses in the jungle. And oh, it's just really beautiful. Um and just super serene so relaxing and then at night at the time actually I had assignments due for college GIS it's like geographical information system so I remember working on my assignment in the hostel lodge as well and the guys were all like having the great crack down below um you know and I guess I didn't show that either online I was studying the whole time throughout my trip um so I was very focused and at night I would just go up to the one of the upper lodge rooms and it was really nice and, and, and almost 
yeah, it was beautiful because I was I was reading and researching all, you know, about environmental science and how humans affect the environment and, you know, biodiversity and how people are helping the environment. And then I could relate that back to my projects for for college, you know. And yeah, I remember like going through some of these places and the Internet, like I would lose my whole project. It was it was a disaster at times. But, you know, I always think these things can teach you. You know, I, I learned so much patience. I learned that to surrender to things I couldn't control. Um, yeah, it was just a great learning experience. So after Jicaro, we went to Ometepe, which basically means two mountains. And this is an island in the middle of Lake Nicaragua. And to be honest, guys, I can't tell you much about it because I got so sick there. It was just a disaster. Um, it was kind of funny looking back on it, but I was in severe, I was really suffering. Like we got to the island that night again. It was a long day. We got there that night. We stayed in this hostel. It was very kind of like Bob Marley style, like, you know, reggae and then, you know, all the colors and yeah, very chilled out vibe. But like it was it turned out to be awful time. Very awful. <laughs> I know I'm laughing now because I never felt that much sickness. Oh, my God. So basically we ended up all getting this virus. Everybody in the dorm room. So the five of us that were in the van, we all had this virus, okay? And it all lasted different times. Like one girl had it for a day. Mine lasted about, I'd say, three and a half days. I was literally on the bed. I could not move. I could not move. My whole body was just dead. Like even lifting the phone in my hand, oh, I was just like painful. And I just spent the whole time in the toilet. Like it was just on that island they were like oh how was Ometepe and I'm like I don't know all I saw was the bloody toilet and like it's so funny because that that beautiful island has like two massive volcanoes but sure I saw nothing and this is the joy of traveling you just have to surrender like I could have thought to myself oh flip it like I saw nothing that's just oh a terrible experience but instead I just said you know what I can't change that I got sick and that's it and it was time for me to rest but it was so hard, guys. And the guys in the dorm, I remember new people came in and one of the girls was like, uh, don't come into this dorm room. This is the virus, the virus room. And if you come in here, you're going to have a virus. Oh, my God, it was so funny. Oh, my God. But eventually I came around. I remember after the third day and one of the girls made me two eggs, scrambled eggs in the morning. And I like ate it like it was the first meal I ever had in my life. I was so weak. It was just so terrible. It was so hard. It was so hard. But anyways, the girls were like, look, do you think you can go today because we want to make a move? And I was like, I have to go like because if I if I don't go in the van with the girls, I'm stuck here like for a long time. So I was like, OK, I'll go. But I was like, like, can we stop for the toilet here and there? Because my stomach like was not good. So the next day we drove all day. I think it was like the fourth day and we were driving back out to the Pacific coast and like, oh, my God, my stomach. Like we had to stop the van so many times. Just we had to just run out, go to the toilet. Like this is this is the reality of it, you know. Um, Yeah, it's it's uh, not always easy, you know. So we eventually got back to the Pacific coast and our first stop was Popoyo. Popoyo is like a really famous surfer location. And basically all the Pacific coast is super, super popular with um, surfers. And yeah, it's amazing. Like if you're looking for laid back style, kind of surfer vibes, long sandy beaches, jungle. Oh, it's just unbelievable. 
So Baboyo, we stayed in like these kind of houses behind this kind of rock built restaurant lodge, if you can kind of picture it. So like you have the cliff and there was like this restaurant built on the cliff, but it was quite expensive. Like when you're a backpacker and you go from one dollar to that, it was a lot different. Like it was ten dollars a night or something. But I kind of told the gang, I was like, look, do you mind if I go on my own room? Because at that point, you know, I was still a very weak I'd lost a lot of my, I guess, my body weight during those days. And I was just so thirsty and I just wanted to be alone and not wake people up, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So I got my own room in that place and it was just like, it was kind of like luxury because you'd go out into this lodge area and you ha- you could just see the whole beachfront. You could see the wave, the famous wave where all the surfers were. And yeah, I just like laid back. It's just amazing. And they had excellent Wi-Fi so I could do all my study in the lodge and just amazing and the owners actually were Australian so it was quite unusual to get to the coast of Nicaragua and then meet all these Australians it was just so many Australians there and they actually were super nice like the guy I got chatting to him about Ireland Australia etc and he was like look I'll take you off in my truck if you want one of the days and we'll go up the coast and I was like yeah definitely so one of the other days he brought us up the coast to visit all these like kind of surfer beaches and then he also brought us into this lodge so it was kind of like this resort absolutely stunning like I'd say you'd pay thousands to stay there like in in a western country but like it was amazing (gasps) think of like you know white canopy oh it's just amazing and it was normally set for um weddings it was super luxurious like you had this kind of residence area fountains just like I can't even describe it it was just amazing and like an altar area as well for the wedding and then this beautiful pool but again everything was like shut down so it was like super quiet all you could hear was the birds in the jungle and then you get out onto the beachfront and it was just amazing like ah you wouldn't even speak when you stood there and I was like how is a place this beautiful just standing here nobody there nothing I just yeah I couldn't believe it this country is so it was so amazing and just empty you know so it was kind of a weird kind of nostalgia feel as well but anyway he took us back on the truck again up the coast and we eventually got to another fishing town where all the locals were bringing in the fish for the day and we got to visit where they made like these turtle jewelry and turtle kind of bags so basically it was like a turtle nesting beach which is really popular up the pacific coast loads of turtle nesting sites and you can do loads of volunteering work there and we yeah we got to see all the beautiful products they make and ship um like made out of plastic basically so you could use like maybe 500 plastic bags in one kind of handbag we'll say and they were so beautiful like the local people are so artistic and the artisanal products are just really unique and pretty and yeah like if you ever go to those places always go to these local people and buy their products rather than getting you know things that have been shipped from Asia or whatever you know it's so important to give back to them and also to a good cause like that was all for plastic from the ocean so Yeah, it's always good to support the causes that are helping wildlife. The next spot we went to was San Juan del Sur, which is also, again, very popular surfing town. Very laid back. Yeah, just really chill. And we stayed up on top of this kind of, kind of like a mountainous hill. 
again surrounded by beautiful lush forest and yeah it was it was pretty amazing house we stayed in and they had quite a lot of parties as well which was yeah if you were looking for good party vibes that was the place to go so like they had these amazing sunrises and sunsets because you were right up above the top of the town looking over onto the ocean and oh my god and just loads of young people in the hostel and a pool and just loads of crack just so much fun yeah it was just amazing and then the hostel owner she was canadian and she had dogs and it was just lovely you know you get up in the morning and i used to sit down with the two doggies and just watch the sun come up and practice yoga and have the beautiful forest around me and it was amazing um again when we got there we just went uh surfing we went to a local resort where we got to kind of pay like an all-inclusive fee like $20 or whatever and then you get access to loads of things like the pool the slides the it was so much fun so much fun um and then yeah just taking the the trucks these kind of four by fours into the jungles just so much excitement and laughter and you're just bumping all over the place and you're just having a good time you know so much fun so guys um I'm going to talk a little bit about the environmental aspect now. So like, as I mentioned before, you have a lot of like turtle nesting sites on the Pacific coast. And I told you recently about the kind of the wildlife trade, the illegal wildlife trade. And I actually would like to bring it up today because also last week I got a beautiful present in the post um, of a, a tiger adoption and absolutely like I'm so grateful to get that it's really nice gift and I also got a beautiful book about wildlife trade and I guess it's just important to look at this and again it's so prominent now because of the pandemic like this is actually what's happening is that human beings are going into wildlife territory like we're we're messing with biodiversity and that's what causes you know these transmission of viruses we shouldn't be in there you know so it all goes hand in hand. Like if we could end wildlife trade, illegal wildlife trade, you know, these kind of pandemics wouldn't be happening. And if we continue to do so, like I don't want to scare anybody, but that will alight more pandemics. So we need to stop trafficking wildlife. It's just, it's disgusting really. But anyways, in this book, it's beautiful and it talks about the African elephants, the pangolins, the tigers, painted dogs in Africa and like just some statistics which are really um, kind of alarming. Like it says one chimpanzee is stolen from the wild every four hours. How crazy is that? And 300 pangolins are stolen from the wild every day to be trafficked. So some people in Asia, Africa, they would believe that their scales are kind of remedies for illnesses, diseases. And again, their meat would be considered a delicacy. And it's kind of all these old historical beliefs that we need to go and take wildlife and eat them, which is it's sick really like I understand we have domesticated animals and we were always hunter gatherers you know but like some of the things that are going on around the world with wildlife trade it's absolutely disgusting so what I can say to you is become aware of it first two if you ever visit these countries do not get involved 
with any of the sales of their products like I've seen it in Asia I've walked the markets in Asia it's at times I'm like oh my god like where am I am I in like an animal slaughterhouse it's disgusting some of the stuff you see being sold another thing you can do is you can sign petitions online you can do pledges and you can adopt um, animals like so now I have adopted a tiger in India Bengal tiger called Rani so I'm Rani's ambassador which is very exciting I'm really glad and you know the rangers now can work to protect her like extra hours and all that money goes into the conservation so that was the David Shepherd Foundation and there are loads of conservation groups online like World Wildlife Fund, Sea Legacy, well Sea Legacy is mostly the oceans um, but yeah there, there's loads of like even if say you didn't have money to give you can still sign petitions you know you can still take action and just because it's not affecting you doesn't mean that it will affect you because as I said the biodiversity of the planet is crucial to maintaining life and that's just not life for other species that's our lives we can't survive on the planet without biodiversity it's impossible so that's why now we have to stop extinction we have to stop it so like a lot of that money that that goes into those conservation groups that would go into education as well in Asia and stuff that like hey you can't just go out and pick up whatever animal you like and eat it because yeah don't get me started it upsets me so yeah so what I would say for this week is maybe you could go online and you could sign a petition just one just for we'll say illegal wildlife trade or something like that and there are loads of groups so that would be a beautiful thing to do for our amazing species because I know and I know you all know that for us and for the children to come they would love to experience and see these beautiful animals you know they're so intelligent and oh they're just like when you meet them up up front and you see the innocence and the they deserve to be on this planet you know it's not just like humans came along and we dominated everything you know we think we rule the planet and we don't we share it we share it and all of the other species it's so important that they have they have the right to be here as well you know and it's about having that consciousness and that awareness that we all have a part to play in this beautiful planet earth so again i would like to say thank you to all the patrons who are supporting the making of this podcast I can't do it without you and if you are enjoying it and it is proving to be beneficial to you becoming a patron and making a contribution is really a lovely way to yeah to help me produce this work and to help me continue to produce it thank you for those who have and I appreciate each and every one of you and on a final note I'm going to tell you all I'm sure you might have seen on social media I have revealed my book so yeah I wrote a book all about my adventures and I'm super excited Uh, I'm just so it's very surreal I can't believe that I have I'm an author it's a it's very surreal hasn't really hit me yet but yeah it was it was hard work making it and yeah so I'm just at the moment um doing all the back end work to ensure that yeah all the shipment and the website goes to plan so that's basically what I'm up to and I let you know all soon when it's available because a lot of people are asking me and this is wonderful 
so wonderful. Thank you so much for all the support, guys. And I'll keep you posted. So have a wonderful day. Enjoy nature. Get outside. Breathe in the beautiful, fresh air. And yeah, feel at one with the world. Ciao, guys. Enjoy your week. <laughs>